We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Off the lift, I do pretty good. I'm going, man, I'm doing pretty good. Then I get up ready to drop into a run and all I can see is trees. And guess where I'm going? Trees. So I had to put blinders on and go, do not look at the trees, do not look at the trees, do not look at the trees. It's hard to not do what you're not supposed to do. It's very easy to do what you're not supposed to do. And so today the title of my message is, what are you looking at? Because what you are looking at and where you are looking is where you're going to go. You may say, well, Pastor, are you sure about that? Oh, I promise you, it's true. It's true. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me. This passage of Scripture is found in John, I mean, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Here's what God's Word says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So God has a purpose and a mission for every one of our lives. Before you were born, I set you apart. Every one of us have been set apart by God. Look at John 17, 18. As you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. So, so God sent Jesus here. Jesus went where he was looking. He saw what he needed to see, did what he needed to do. And now God is sending me and you to fulfill the mission that God has for us in our lives. Without mission... Life is motion without meaning. We can have a lot of motion, but it may not have any meaning. Life without mission is life with motion, but without meaning. Look at Luke 9.62. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and, does what? Looks back, is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. You see, whenever we get saved, we have a lot of demarcation in our life. We are to look from there forward. When we are walking with God and all of a sudden we start looking back, it'll get you in trouble. It'll cause you to not really be fit for the kingdom of God. Because God is looking for men and women with mission so that you have motion with meaning. We have mission so that where we are looking, that's where we're going. And God says this, don't look behind you. How many of you know that's where the enemy wants to keep every one of us is in our past. He wants to continually condemn you of all the things you've done. God wants to take what he's done for you and move you forward because he's washed your sins, my sins, white as snow, never to be remembered again. So in God's eyes, there's not anywhere to look back to. But we today, when we're told don't do something, our human nature sometimes overrides our spiritual nature and we do what we are not supposed to do. One of the prime examples is this, looking back. Who would ever look back, Pastor? Well, about 90% of you did. You just can't not do it. It's hard. It takes disciplines. You were not ready for it. Now, if I had said, when I start the service today, I'm going to enter from the back, and I'm going to tell you, don't look, so when I tell you that, don't do it. 
None of the humans looked. Well, maybe one or two. Because it's just that curiosity. There was a man by the name of Abraham. He and Lot set out to do life with meaning and life with motion. And when they got to this beautiful destination, Abraham allowed Lot to choose where he wanted to live. And Abraham said, either, either take the mountains or the plains. And Lot chose the plains. The plains of Jordan were beautiful. If you do study in the Deuterocanonical books, you'll find out that it talks about this plain as being equal to the Garden of Eden. It was lush and beautiful. And Lot says, I choose Sodom. Yeah. Because it looked wonderful. I got to tell you, just because something looks good, just because someone looks good, does not mean it's going to be good for you. I mean, Lot goes down there with his family and, and he starts living. And we know the story, right? That place became so vile that it reached God's ear as to how horrific the sins were in this town called Sodom. Now, I want you to understand, in this plain of Jordan, there's five towns, not just one. We, we've got the town of Adma, Bella. We, we've got some other towns that are there, Zoar, Sodom and Gomorrah. So this is not just one little town and one little valley. This is a beautiful plains. And so God sends angels down, and he talks to Abraham first. So Abraham starts bargaining. I mean, like, God has a lot of mercy and grace, doesn't he? And so God sometimes will say, okay, let's make some bargaining. So Abraham starts out by going, God, if, you will, if we can find 50 righteous people, will you not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And God goes, if you can find 50 righteous people, I will withhold my destruction. Now, what people don't understand it's if you look at Sodom and Gomorrah's population, the population was 2,430,549 people. 2,430,549. And Abraham said, God, if we can find 50 righteous people, that percentage breaks down to 0.002057.1% of the population. That's not much. Not much. And we know that Abraham couldn't find 50. So he goes back to God and says, hey, what about 45? God goes, okay, 45. Then 40. God goes, hey, if you can find 40. God does not want to destroy this place. It's beautiful. He created it. It's a wonderful place without all of the debauchery. Then he goes to 30, 20, 10 people, God. If we can just find 10 people. And God goes, if you can find 10, I'll save it. Couldn't find 10. So the angels leave Abraham and they go down into the plain of Jordan and they go to Lot's house. Are there any children in here today? There should all be a children's church. Okay, I will then buffer some of my notes that I have. They go down to this beautiful plain. They go into Lot's house. You know the story, the men of the city come and they cried out to have those angels brought out. 
Lot put them in his house and said, I, I will give you my daughters who've never been with a man, but don't take these men, don't take these angels. And the, the angels went out and grabbed Lot and pulled him back in the house because the men of Sodom were that messed up. That messed up. And they began to talk. And the angels told, told Lot, said, listen, you need to be able to get out of here because God is going to destroy this when the sun comes up. And Lot goes, well, can I save my wife? They go, yeah. Can I save my daughters? Yeah. What about my future son-in-laws? Yes. So now Lot starts bargaining with the angels. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lot goes and talks to his future son-in-laws. Son-in-laws, listen. Pay attention to your father-in-law sometimes. Because Lot went and talked to the son-in-laws. The future men are going to marry his daughters. And he says, listen, God is going to destroy this place in the morning. You need to get all your stuff packed up and get with it because we're heading out of town. And they laughed at him. Don't laugh at your father-in-law. They laughed at him. And so Lot got his daughters, his wife, and they take off. Son-in-law stayed. Lot was now getting ready to head because at first the angels told him to go up to the mountains. And Lot goes, if I go to the mountains, I'm going to surely die. Can I go to Zoar? You see, Zoar was a nice little town just before you went up into the mountains. They go, okay, another bargaining tool. You can go to Zoar and we will not destroy Zoar. But we are going to destroy Sodom and Adma, Zeboam and Bela. We're going to destroy these. So they got up and they left. 2.4 plus million people are being destroyed. Lot and his wife are leaving a home that they have built with family. Daughters are about to get married. It's been a wonderful life there. And God has this one simple instruction. Don't look back. Don't look back. Look at Genesis 19.17. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. And we know that Lot was able to say, Hey, what about Zoar? Look at Genesis 19.26. But Lot's wife looked back. And she became a pillar of salt. Why did she look back? She had a new life in front of her that God was going to give them. A lot of theologians have a lot of suppositions, but I just asked my wife, who's a mom, who has a daughter, who has grandchildren, why would you look back? She said, because I was looking back over all the memories that we had in the town. My home. How I many you know that homes are very important to ladies? You have what's called the nesting syndrome. You, you get in there and you nest and you make everything yours and, it, and it's your home. And, and I'm sure she had wonderful memories and, and I'm sure she was like, that was a wonderful life. Lord, why are we leaving? And just for a moment, she looked back to probably... I'm going to capture this in my eyes one last time so I don't forget what it looks like. Have any of you ever moved? I have. My wife told me that when we moved here, that she went into every room in our house in New Mexico. 
And she looked at every wall and every room and she said, I want to be able to make a mental picture because this is the most beautiful home we've ever lived in in our life. And I want to make sure that I remember what our home looks like. Her father died when she was eight. She does not remember the sound of his voice. There may be things in your life you've lost, things that have been taken away from you. And sometimes we want to have that moment to look back. Maybe you, it's a child you've lost. Or maybe it's a, a marriage that's been lost. Or maybe uh, there's been a loved one other than that something. Finances or your health. Maybe look back and go, I remember the days when I could do this or I could do that. And we look back. We are to have life with meaning and motion. Life with mission. But we get distractions that come into our lives. And those distractions will cause us to get in trouble. When I was snowboarding, a distraction was a tree. Wow, look at that aspen. It sure looks pretty. <laughs> wow, there's a big hump of snow under there. I wonder if it's a big rock under there. Yes, it was a big rock under there. Distractions can hurt you. So today I'm going to look at some distractions real quick. A distraction in our society today is to gain wealth. There's no problem with money, but it's the love of that money that will get us in trouble. Matthew 6.24 says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I've seen money become a real distraction to a lot of Christian people. I've seen money make people do crazy things. Get into marriages they weren't supposed to. But pastor, he had money. Money? Is that why he married him? But she was... Uh, is that why he married her? Or was it because this was God's soulmate for you? This is who God determined for you. Distractions can get you into trouble. Money can cause us to look at other distractions. Instead of coming to church on Sunday. A lot of people have let money. You give them reasons not to be at church on Sundays. Listen, today's God's day. If God blesses you, wonderful. If you have a boat, wonderful. If you have golf clubs, wonderful. If you have fishing gear, wonderful. But don't let those things keep you from the one you're devoted to. Unless that is what you're devoted to. Now, Pastor, this is strong words today. Hey, it's the new year. Some of you declared, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. That's a strong word. Lose 100 pounds in a week. Ah, no you're not. We've got to determine who are we devoted to. When God gives us and blesses us, it's a testimony to everybody else. Look what God does. And we, 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 we let them see us going to the house of God and serving God above all the things that money can buy. Number two, we become a prisoner of the past. Yeah. What we did, what we used to do, Sometimes we'll look back if we're not careful. Isaiah 118, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are as like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They were red as crimson, now they shall be white like wool. If we're not careful, the enemy will keep us imprisoned in our past. Who we were, not who we are. Life's wife looked back at what she had. Yeah. I want to just get one more glimpse of what it looks like before it's destroyed. 
Listen, God is very serious about His Word. I believe in our society today, we have lost a real reverence, is the word that's interpreted properly, but we, we use the word today, a real fear of God. We have this, we, you know, I was raised to where I feared God way too much and, and there was no mercy and grace. But now we've gotten to where there is absolutely no restrictions or guidelines. I mean, God's willing to deliver them, but He said, hey, wait a minute, don't look back. God always has something. In the Garden of Eden, He said, you can have everything, but don't eat of that tree. Then He gives us the Ten Commandments. You can live life wonderfully, but these things will help you live better life. Don't do these. And yet, sometimes, the striving is there. We can be imprisoned by our past because the enemy keeps reminding us, well, remember what you did? What happened? I don't know for certain why she looked back. All I know is that disobedience comes with tragic, tragic consequences. Disobedience. But pastor, what's the harm in looking? That's what a lot of people have told me. What's the harm in looking? The harm is not in the looking. The harm is in the disobedience. The harm is not in the looking. The harm is God said don't. Another distraction is comparison. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves. They are not wise. I mean, you can't go wrong, right? If you compare yourself with yourself, you're going to come out looking pretty good. In this day and age with social media, we are so tempted to compare our lives with all the other people on social media. They get on there, take pictures, and their kids are awesomely perfect. And you look at your kids. <laughs> their kids are so cute, doing such cute things all the time. They put it on Facebook. And, and mine are over here screaming and snotty nosed. And, and, and then all of a sudden you, you get a picture of a, one of your classmates of years ago. And, and they still look the same. Then you look in the mirror and go, what? What? That's not fair. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people keep putting on there. They get raises. They got a new house. They got a new car. They got a new boat. They got, and you're going, I don't have anything new. Then one of your friends go there and she's lost 50 pounds doing the same thing you're doing and you've, not, you've gained two pounds. You're like, and we start comparing our lives by other people's lives on social media. You're not going to win that battle. Because what you don't see is all the things they're not taking pictures of. You know, they got the heart-shaped thing around and they're hugging and kissing each other. You don't see the fight it took to get that picture. <laughs> Before and after. I want to see what's before and after the picture. But we compare ourselves because at first we think it's going to make us feel better. But it ultimately comes out making us feel worse. So we don't dare compare ourselves with ourselves or others. We compare ourselves to the Word of God. How am I doing according to your Word? So I have this little saying. Beware when you dare to compare. Beware. Because it's going to be bad. Beware when you dare to compare. It's not going to work out for you. 
And then another distraction is this. I want things my own way. I'm going to do it my way. I know, God, what you said, but I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm going to make my own choices, do my own thing, because I know better than you. Look at Psalm 119.37. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Wow. I wonder today, what are we looking at? We say, God, I want you to turn my eyes away from the worthless things. And we put a lot of stock in things today, and there's nothing wrong. I love things. I've been without things, and I've had things. I'd rather have things. How about you? Anybody in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, I'll come in the right crowd. Things are better than not things. But we don't live our life devoted to the things. We live our life and say, God, turn my eyes away from the worthless things. I want my eyes fixed on you, the author and the finisher of my faith. If we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these other things will be added to us. You see, so many times we go after the things, but if we go after God, God will help us get the things. Because when you get your eyes on God, you know what? These are horrible words today, but discipline's going to be coming into your life. You're going to be disciplined. In every area, disciplined how you think. Because how many of you know nothing ever happens without you thinking about it happening? I've had men and women in my office for over 30 years. And they'll declare, I don't know, it just happened. No, it didn't. There's no way it just happened. Because you had to think about it before it happens. You see, the process is, we see, we think, goes to our heart. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of the heart, that's where actions take place. So we cannot do something without having thought about it first. And we think about it and go, well, it'll be okay because what's the harm? Nobody will find out. I did a series when I was pastoring many years ago called, called Just Lust. And I had the whole concept to men and women because the first look is not the look that's going to get you in trouble. Because how many know that we cannot control what goes in front of our eyes a lot of times? I mean, we can go to the beach and there'll be stuff going in front of our eyes we can't control. It's not the first look that gets you in trouble. It's the, the second look that'll get you in trouble. That'll get your mouth slapped off your face if your wife sees it. Yeah. And so there was a a momentary thought process. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. We cannot do things our own way. You see, God says if anybody's going to follow after me, they gotta, they got to take up a cross. they, they got to lay down everything in their own life and follow me. And, and if there's someone who puts their hands to the plow and looks back, how many of you have ever plowed with a mule or a horse? Am I the only one old? Somebody's pointing at some other old people in here. They won't raise their hand. They're doing this number. I plowed with a mule in Mississippi. 
G means go left. Haul means go right. And hook means stop. If you want him to go faster, you go ha ha. Third gear, ha ha ha. But you gotta look where you're going. Because if you don't, if you do this, your plow's gonna go like this. How many of you know that when you're driving, all of a sudden you, you're driving down and you see something, you start looking off to the right, and all of a sudden you go, you veered off to the right a little bit. Some of you have those really smart cars that'll take the steering wheel from you, put you back in the lane. But then it goes too far to the left. Then you go, I pass a lot of people. And on their steering wheel is their iPad and the phone. And behind them they're doing this. Well, I know the tells me I'm going out of the lane, so let me get back to where I'm supposed to be. I pass them. I look at them. I wish there was a button. <laughs> if they had a number on their car, I could put the number in this button, and it would just shock them for a second. <laughs> I don't know what you think about. That's kind of the things I think about going out. They need to be shocked back into reality. Get off the phone. Get off your iPad and do what you're supposed to be. Drive like you're paying attention to what you're doing. The message to the church today, some of us need a little shock value today to say, hey, what are we looking at today? Because what you're looking at is where you're going. Who you're looking at is where you're going to follow. And we've got to make sure our eyes are fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ and go, God, what is the mission of my life? You've set me apart for such a time as this. Because life without mission is motion without meaning. We're going through the motions. We're going through life, but there's no meaning. We're, we're being washed here. We're being washed there. We're going here. Why are you over here? I don't know. It just, it just felt good. Why are you over here? I don't know. It just looked good. Well, just because something looks good doesn't mean it's good for you. The Bible even talks about looks. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow, right? Just like our lives. We're just a vapor. We're like the grass that's green, then it withers. We're like a rose and it's gone. Listen, we don't have much time here. And our destination will be determined by what we are looking at. And what we're tempted to look back at. There's an old saying, uh, you know, that I, I was a lot more than what I remember sometimes ago. I was a lot better back then than I am now. All those things. I, I was watching basketball the other day. And I'm like, I never was able to dunk the ball. And all these kids, they can dunk the ball. And then one kid was hanging on the rim. They're like, well, he's hanging on the rim. I'm going, if I could dunk the ball, I would hang on that rim too. They say, look. Look what I just did. But how many know that I'm nowhere close to that anymore? I mean, I could. That's it. And then I get a cramp on my calf when I do that. We look back sometimes and we glamorize the past and the enemy wants to, right? If we put our hands to the plow, let's don't look back. I want us to be fit for the kingdom of God and for serving God and for lifting God up and winning the lost in this community and winning the lost in all the surrounding towns because not only was Sodom destroyed, but the other towns were destroyed with them. Listen, if we're not careful, our lives will not only get destroyed, but all the lives that are connected to us can get destroyed. 
Because when the enemy destroys us, then people around us go, well, I thought you went to church all the time and you had a God and you were loving God. And now I'm better than you are. You ever had anybody do that? Yeah. They're not better than us. The lost are not better than the saved. But they try to put us in our past. Try to keep us prisoners. So here's some questions I want to ask you today. How much do you want to fulfill God's mission in your life? How much do you want to fulfill God's mission? Where's the priorities? What distraction will you not look at to fulfill God's will in your life? We've got a lot of distractions today. Money, alcohol, drugs, pornography, on and on the list goes. Then the question is, what are you looking at? We all have choices is what we can look at. I'm not talking about the first look because that's stuff we cannot control. But that second look, that focusing on, because without mission, life is motion without meaning. What is the mission God's put in your life? He set you apart before you were born. He knew you in your mother's womb. I believe God has a mission for every person in this place. I believe God has a mission for every person who's ever breathed one breath of air. And I believe today that God has a great call upon your life to reach the people that are around you every day for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. I hope I don't embarrass anybody, but I just want to brag on, on, on Chef Jeff. How many of you know Chef Jeff? Chef didn't. I went to his retirement party, and this was from the school, not from the church or anything. The first lady that got up, she said, I took the words Chef Jeff and made an acrostic. And she said, see, it's because Jeff is a Christian. And I sat there, and my heart just welled up. Wow, that's the best, most important thing anybody could ever say about any of us that works with us day to day. Amen. The first thing is, they're a Christian. They love God. And you see it in them every day. Because I'll tell you what other people are looking at. They're looking at us. They're watching us. They're watching how we handle life. Are we running after the past? Are we running after... The, the financial things of life, we're running after physical things. I know people who worship the body, and boy, they're working out six hours a day and all those things. And, and the Bible says, hey, bodily exercise profits little. Now, I think we should all be healthy, but that's not what I'm devoted to. I'm devoted to God. You're devoted to God or you wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. And you want God's mission in your life. And so my, my job today is to bring this into focus, into your vision, is to refocus. Why are we here? We are here to win the lost. And yet churches get so focused on everything but the lost. We get hung up on the lights, the sound, the temperature, the, where somebody's sitting, the songs that are being sung, we get hung up on all these things that are not eternal. Is the word being preached? 
And am I reaching a lost message? Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.